The first MCU movie to truly be pulled straight from the comics. The 2006 run of Civil War was one of the true epics. Dozens of tie-ins, the morality that favors both sides, the birth of penance, the juxtaposition of the Mutant Registration Act. How could the young MCU possibly live up to the stakes? It turns out, it couldn't. There was no way for Captain America Civil War to possibly live up to the grandeur of its comic counterpart, but fans still found a way to be upset about it. And by fans, I mean me. Either way, this movie still manages to be one of the MCU's finest. In terms of cinematography, the MCU probably peaks here. Joan Anthony Russo really could be considered for a Ragnarok award. The shots are perfect, the editing flawless, and every frame of every scene matter. Beautiful. It's immensely rewatchable, with fight scenes that mix hand-to-hand -hand and glorious CGI. The bad guy is captivating, even if his plan didn't make all that much sense. It also introduced two fan-favorite characters, only to, quote-unquote, kill them off two years later. Now this is one of the rocks of the MCU. Spoiler, you can't really skip this one. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to the Wrong Opinion MCU Rewatch. We got Ricky Z back. Say hey, Ricky what Z. Up? What's what up? up? So I brought him on because we are on vastly different sides of the Civil War debate, uh, whether it's in the comics or Ultimate Alliance 2 or this movie. I am pro Iron Man. I'm going to start off real quick with a quote from Robert Downey Jr. talking about the differences of opinion here. So he says, talking about the relationship between Tony Stark and Steve Rogers, he says, we love each other, but it's explosive. You're working toward the same goal, but you have very different approaches to it. It's blurry, and that's what makes it great. No one's right, no one's wrong. It's going to make it even harder for them to come to an agreement. So he says, no one's right, no one's wrong, but I think Iron Man's clearly right. That's a very think, political answer for him to give. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Actually, I'm going to let you say you're, you're thinking on it first, and then I'll end with me. Uh, mine's pretty vague. I will tell you, I never like played through the story mode of Ultimate Alliance 2, so I'm not weighing in on that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the in the, I'm much more aggressively pro-cap in the comic books. The movie is a little less that way, but I still am on Captain America's side. Uh, in general, he's more honest and more upfront about everything, and Iron Man lies all the time um through way worse in the comics but he lies a lot in the movie um just in general the whole trust the government thing has never worked out for anyone over the course of history but it's tough because iron man's all crap load older so he literally witnessed the holocaust and world war ii and that kind of stuff captain america saw older. yes so he's he iron saw what well, i didn't have enough coffee today but yeah captain america witnessed those things Iron Man did not. So he saw human registration and what happens. So it, it, and it parallels into some of the stuff they get into in X-Men, but it's, you know, it is what it is. And then Iron Man's more doing what he feels is right. And it's understandable. His approach is understandable. I just don't like it. And I don't think it'll work. <laughs> yeah. I think the, in the, the comics, they make it way more, they lean it more towards Captain America except if you read the Frontline series, which I'm going to talk about in a second. Yes. Have you read the Frontline? You actually gave it to me for my birthday or Christmas several years ago. But yes, yeah, I was I've, making sure I've that read, you actually uh, read it when I got it for you. 
Yeah, I've read. I had already read it before that. Okay. Um, because I read Civil War when it happened, you know, in 06, 07 time right. frame, uh, something like that. So like as I was leaving high school going into college was when that was all ongoing. Um, I still own a fair amount of single issues, but I did a lot of it digital. It was one of, actually, I think it was like one of my earliest experiences with digital comic reading. But uh, but yeah, now I'm actually going through and rereading it to prepare for our conversations later that will happen. Um and yeah, there's a lot because I haven't read it. Gosh, I haven't read any Civil War stuff on purpose in probably, probably 10 years. Oh. Um, so it's like pieces, you know, other than like I read through Frontline when you got that for me, which was maybe like five years ago. It's 2016. Was that when you got it? Yeah. But yeah, other than that, I think like little bits, I've read like single issues that I've reread. But for the most part, I haven't really, I have not done a full reread of Civil War um, since it happened. Yeah, I've read as the, far as all the tie-in books. Yeah, everything. yeah, I've got the the what is like six or nine issues of the main storyline. I've got that. Yeah, as I think it's seven right there. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then Frontline, I think it's either my favorite or second favorite comic run. I love Deadpool kills the uh, kills the Marvel universe. <laughs> Sounds good. But all the tie-ins I read once, like five years ago, and I'm going to catch up on those too. But I yeah. think you're more stronger pro captain america in the comics and in the movie which is funny because i'm a lot pro iron man in the movie than i am in the comics so i think that kind of makes sense but in the movie they make it like the the bigger reason beyond just the morality of of registering it's like the breaking up the avengers right like that's the bigger issue like black Black widow said it really well when she said they can keep one hand on the wheel and if they go illegal go vigilante then they can't really do much good for people and i think cap doesn't sign mostly out of pride like he wanted to take down bucky he says because i'm the least likely to die trying and that's not really true <laughs> yeah i don't know if that's true yeah no he's and the least he just, likely to die trying and also kill a bunch of people by accident that maybe yeah i mean if he did that maybe. after signing they wasted like an entire highway trying to take him down and like throwing cars and stuff at people then he almost signs and then he doesn't because he finds out that tony kept wanda locked up but I think Tony's kind of justified there. Like what else he's supposed to do a little bit. Yeah. Like he's saying like all of his decisions, even like the bad ones, there's like a route that's justified where you're like, okay, I get it. I get how you got there and it didn't play out right. But if it had worked, you're a genius. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. It's like when you watch a football game, you're like, why on earth did they do that? But if it had worked, you're like, wow, that was crazy. Yeah. And it's like, (laughs) I'm not a big, uh, ends justify the means guy, but he didn't hurt anybody. Nobody died because of what he did. It was just a little, mean yeah. right she's shady. like upset yeah she's yeah. bothered and it's slightly dishonest because yeah. he didn't totally tell everybody up front but that's not that bad and that's the most that's like i, I was there's if you watch this movie intently for me at least it's like hard to watch it sometimes because like just have a freaking conversation and none of this would happen just sit down yeah, and there's, talk, guys. yeah. and, and that's, the, that's 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 a what, lot of why i'm anti iron man in the movie too because he's so emotional <laughs> yeah but i i think frontline that series going back to the comics instead of just the movie i think it was really good at talking about the background especially those two points that cap was doing it a lot of, out of pride and then uh tony what he was doing was mostly justified he did a lot of shady things way shadier in the comics like bring back uh, oh my gosh she ragnarok to the thor clone and then the uh, she what was it called when they used the little things in the bad guys brains to control them make them good yep guys. and then and staging an attack at the white house uh or at the capitol building wherever that was like yeah. making it look like he was being attacked <laughs> like everything he did in the comics was like staged like this will happen and you're like you didn't give it time to happen he just made it happen like just yeah. faked it and you're like okay so in general 
in most movies or media things, if you are the politician side, you're usually the bad guy. <laughs> That's typically how it's portrayed in most films, books, or anything. And Real all through life, the comic, yeah. He, yeah, in the yeah, really, in the comic book, he's consistently the politician, and it's. But even that, I think uh, they did better with showing Cap's pride getting in his way in the comic books better than they did in the movie. Yeah, I think in the movie, because it's a Captain America movie, technically, right? So they, yeah, he's set up as kind of a good guy. And then the, the Civil War comic, just the main Civil War, I don't think it touches too much on that, except for the ending when he stops because he realizes he's doing out of pride. But then Frontline really goes into it really well with that reporter saying, like, you don't know anything about America. You're fighting for an idea that you don't really know. You're just doing it out of pride. Yeah, it's been gone like, for a long yep. time. <laughs> yeah. So that's my couple thoughts on that. But we're going to get way more into the entire debate. Once yeah, that's we run out of that's like movies. Probably that's a, its own hour, two long, three hour conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's like a quick tidbit on it just so you guys know where we are. <laughs> Tony sucks. Tony does not right. suck. Tony's that was my final. That was, uh, that was, I concluded the argument. Before we get to the awards, though, what, what are your quick couple thoughts on the movie? Like my thoughts, like I, it's a great movie. I think I'm going to talk about this later, but it's like one of the most well-made and probably the best directed MCU movie. I don't like it all the time just because I think it really set itself up to try to be a obviously Civil War movie and it just couldn't match the grandness or epicness of the comics because there were enough characters. So I, I, it's a really good movie that stresses me out sometimes. I really liked it. It's probably still one of my favorites I would say it's in the top 10 for my MCU for sure. Now I'm trying to remember how many total there are. Is there like 28 movies now? There's 30 now. Holy crap. Anyway. Yeah. Um, That's another funny thing about this. Like this one feels like a late kind of MCU movie, but it's number 13 out of 30. Like, yeah, it's not. Uh, it's kind of when everything starts kind of coming to fruition and like everything hits the fan kind of in, I mean, phase three, right? It was part of yeah, phase, three. The start so of phase three. Like, like phase three has like, big weird stuff starting to really kick off i guess maybe that i don't know but it just feels like feels like it's deeper in um yeah but i guess when you think about it 13th movie what was the first first mcu movie was 2008 so yes it was like eight years in right yeah was it 2016 when it came out yep 2016 so it's nine nine years of the mcu yeah so that's uh that's kind of a long that's a decent amount of years to get in there but yes in general yeah it's one of my favorites i don't know where it falls in my overall ranking or whatever but it's i think super rewatchable um it's got some of the best action and it's like two and a half hours of constant action and constant story like the whole time so it's it's hard to get bored watching that movie it is hard to get bored that's a good point about this one there's no like lulls in it really if it's not like a good action scene it's a good like like dialogue scene like an intense exciting dialogue scene oh yeah and i definitely came in like watching the movie the first time i came in with bias against it from the get-go like i was really excited but i was also kind of like ugh, because it was all like like you said you there's a lot of characters that you couldn't use yeah and like a huge point of contention for the movie was getting the rights to use spider-man mm-hmm and that was like a whole big issue so there was like that and you know lots of other characters that are supposed to be in the civil war story but they're not yeah there's but so then many... i still wound up really liking it yeah i i go i've gone to a lot of movies with bias and i'm usually proved wrong i thought avengers was gonna suck and it was awesome this one i went <sighs> to bias with and i think i stuck with it 
Like, I, th I think it's still a bias against it from going into it. But, like, you can't, mm. like, my favorite Civil War storyline was Penance, and you're obviously not yeah, having not that. even there. Yeah, the Spider-Man, like, switching sides storyline was awesome. You're not having yeah. that. The Punisher versus Captain America thing, can't have that. Yeah, so, and that's some of the best stuff, too. Is, yeah. And, and like, like you said, like, Spider-Man switching sides, they didn't even give him really time in the movie to do that, but it still worked out. They're probably deep enough now in the MCU. They could probably do the Penance thing. Mm -hmm. because they've done that level of darkness with the x-men movies so they could probably pull it off but it's hard when anytime you have like lots of kids dying that's kind of tricky um because yeah. like it's different like the mcu touches on world war ii holocaust stuff but not the way that x-men does x-men gets like into it and makes mm -hmm. it a little bit more visceral and upsetting but they're all pg-13 so now you're deep enough in the MCU. I don't know. Maybe they could probably pull that off, but but it's kind of hard to do all of that. When are you going to introduce speedball and all that nonsense? So yeah, and having know. a school bombing essentially. That's yeah, that's, that's tricky. <laughs> tough for Disney. Yeah. All right. You got first uh first award. What are you giving out? Um, okay. Oh gosh. I didn't expect to go first. Um, <laughs> you always go first. I know. I know. I forgot. Uh, I expect you to do the same thing we did last time. I guess just because we're kind of talking about the comics, the Captain Marvel award for character that inexplicably didn't help save the world. Uh, it I think is Nick Fury because he was so he was involved in the comics without being involved. Like it was weird where he was very heavily involved without really being seen. Yeah, and he's the whole part of like developing all of the secret stuff going on. And he was, it, it's weird too, because of all the characters that the Civil War comics had that Marvel or that Disney couldn't use, uh, fighting the battle to use Spider-Man took up all that time. They still have like all the X-Men, all the Fantastic Four characters that they can't use. And those are like super big, significant players in the comics. Yeah. Nick Fury was already in like all the MCU stuff already. <laughs> you could have, but I guess I, I read something where the Russo brothers, I can't remember which one, one of them was talking about like, basically it was, it was too busy. There were too many characters and they just didn't need him to be there to cause more confusion. Like they're like, well, he doesn't really take a side. He shouldn't. But in the comics, he pretty distinctly took a side. I feel like he, it would have been cool, but it worked, it worked out. And they for the way they did the movie, they're, I think pretty obviously right that he may, he might've made it too busy. Yeah. Cause like you get to the end of the movie and you're like, Oh wait, where Nick Fury wasn't even here. <laughs> oh yeah. Kind of forgot. But then you're like, when you start thinking about it, I'm like, ah, why didn't they call him? <laughs> yeah, it would have been especially because he shows up, you know, at other times to help. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's I didn't even think about that. But that's the the Nick Fury too from the comics is way different from the Nick Fury in the in the movies. Like in the comics, there's a lot more like, like he's a little shady in movies, but more just like hiding stuff from the other guys. Where in the, yeah, in the just comics, just regular like government Stark, there's some weird, stuff. deep, dark stuff. Yeah, um, I put just for everybody's sake like obviously thor and hulk were in the movie because they're just way too powerful so kind of makes sense yeah. that they're they're out there but i don't think that they would have really been interesting to add in this storyline anyway yeah it would have probably like you said probably too big yeah um, and unless they're doing the whole cloned thor craziness from the comics it's like <laughs> it could get real dicey now you're talking about an eight hour movie and, yeah you know yeah um but I, I there's not really a lot of world that needs saving here right the only thing yeah the only actual threat was the the super soldiers from the start and then 
Tony and that group of people would have helped stop those. So I blame Steve. He could help save the world just by talking and saying, hey, Tony, we need help. Once yeah. again, it's Steve's fault. Um, I can see and, that. And there's one, there's one line where Falcon says, even if, yeah, Falcon said that even if uh, we could tell Iron Man who, like, why would he believe us? Why would he help us? Like, I think Tony's enough of a rule breaker that if something was actually a threat and against the Accords, he would have broken a rule and gone to help it, you know, save the world. So that, that was another thing that was really frustrating to me that they just assumed that he would not help in that situation. I think that because Tony is consistently, it does, but I think since Tony's consistently unreliable as a person in the comics and in the movies and like in the movies, I do wish they, this is a kind of a caveat. I wish that the MCU in general would have leaned into his alcoholism a little bit more, but I know it's like, there's certain topics they have to be kind of cautious with, I guess, yeah. with, with all the younger viewers, but, but like they're, they're murdering people's parents. So I don't see how, but like, cause that, that humanizes them a lot more in the comics where you're like, okay. And he references like his, his recovery and stuff like that, that helps him make some of the decisions that he makes. But yeah, throughout the MCU, he's reliable in the, in the way of, you know, he's going to do whatever's best for him. Almost always. He's very seldom going to be doing something, or even if he is doing something for the greater good, he's going to mask it in his ego. Like, and that's for show like Batman does, right? You pretend yeah. to be a, a jerk rich guy but really you have good intentions and you're keeping it secret for reasons but like he's pretty consistently like i will break rules for me and for stuff <laughs> i like which is how i mean really most people are like that right like yeah you i don't like breaking rules except for this time when it helps me out and so really he's he's just an amplified version of what a lot of regular people who don't have money are anyway um he's just got the spotlight and he's rich so it makes him seem a lot worse than, and he's, you know, access, right? Like a lot of jerks don't have super suits and stuff like that yeah. uh, and access to, you know, nuclear weapons and the ability to fly very quickly to do bad things on accident. But yeah. no, I, I, got, think, I mean, I, like I get the, what you're saying though. I like that talking about the alcoholism aspect because that was a big part of the comics. It's kind of far away yeah. from right there. Uh, Cause that's, you know, he unmasked himself for what was supposed to be like the ultimate time and said he was uh, an alcoholic. I'm, I'm going to touch on the alcoholism part and missed yeah. opportunities. So we'll put it in that. Uh, I'm going to go with the, uh, the Ragnarok award for the character's cinematic peak. So I've got three here. I'm going to say the first two, and then I'll let you say yours. And then I'm going to go with two. one that might be um, uh, controversial. But I think Falcon and Bucky both peak here, at least cinematically. Like they both, they both have a separate series and they peak there. But if you're just talking about the movies, I think they peak in this one. Like Falcon's, he's in his biggest role since becoming an Avenger. And then in the two later Avengers movies, he's got like a, definitely like a, a backseat role. And then mm -hmm. he's fully developed as Steve's like, you know, BFF and a legit superhero. And then Bucky before this, he was completely brainwashed, which it's not interesting, like as a character, it's just not that interesting. And then after he's like totally good again, but here he's kind of like toned the line of being a dude who knows he's been bad for a long time. Yeah, he's like a split guy. Yeah. And he can't really get quite back to normal. So I thought that was really, really good. I think, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't put those two down just because I couldn't remember enough if I thought they were better as characters in the show. I think they're the better in the show, but this I justified I it because this says cinematic peak, and that means yeah. But the show is part show. of the cinematic universe, right? So I guess that's fair. So maybe they don't it's like that. words have no meaning anymore. So yeah. it's just like, oh well, we're spending bajillions of dollars to make a show, so it's basically a movie. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, I, th- I do think Falcon, well, yeah, they, he was probably still better in the show too. He's he was, this was show. definitely in the yeah. movies. This was definitely his best. Yeah. Um, Cause like you said, like even winter soldier, like Bucky in winter soldier was awesome, but he wasn't there to be a guy with a personality. He was there. Yeah. to be a problem. Yeah. So he was, was cooler kinda, in that one probably with like the mask yeah, yeah. and the scary yeah. and catching the shield. I remember in the trailer and I was like, Ooh, that was cool. <laughs> What else? Oh, you you said you're doing two, and then yeah, I'm gonna to leave me. the last one, the controversial one for last. Cool. I put uh, Zemo. I felt like he was, I thought he was great in the show, but more funny and less like really sinister and intense. And in this movie, I mean, he essentially was just like a regular dude. Yeah, super smart, military background, all of that stuff. But basically, he was just like, "Are oh, you guys are friends?" Hey, uh, he knew that your dad died and he knew who killed him. And then they're like, ah, oh, we're fighting. And then like everybody's fighting, like all the superheroes are fighting. Yeah. Um, and he, he did a lot of work for him, but like big picture, really not that much work. And he completely shut everything down and ruined everybody. But also his, uh, gosh, I can't, Daniel Bruges, is that his name? Right. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that last he's, name or something like that. He is really good. <laughs> he does, he's, he's really, really good. good. Um, so I had Zemo and I had Sharon Carter just because she it's not like she really does a lot elsewhere um, True. a little bit weird that she's cool with like kissing her grandma's ex boy whatever that yeah, was it gets scary. a lot weirder once he goes it's, back in time that's what courtney's like uh she was like that's kind of weird though right because it's not like he was frozen so it's not like he lived for 50 years miss peggy and it was like all right on to the granddaughter i guess it was like hey i'm frozen i saw her a couple days ago uh i guess granddaughter time like it was weird you know it's it was just weird grandniece but yeah grandniece yes yeah. so i keep saying granddaughter the granddaughter yeah. i think it'd be significantly weirder it's that would be definitely weird it's niece um it had you said Zima, though oh, go ahead i think he was i think he's better than yeah. sharon carter obviously like no shade to sharon carter but like who cares really like who cares um but he was i thought he was so good for his role in the movie See, those are two characters like i don't think sharon carter need to be included at all in the entire yeah. series i thought <laughs> yeah, she just right. wasn't like what's yeah. the point honestly she they wanted like a love storyline or whatever with captain america but it just wasn't interesting it was weird and forced and then zemo i zemo's like one of my favorite characters in the comics and then in this one like yeah i guess it's kind of cool he's just a regular guy doing all this stuff but he was so lucky like all everything that he did depended on like just guessing people's reactions to stuff and it, it's just i don't know it's yeah, I think that's so part convoluted of it and it, doesn't What's it is a little bit spy movie convoluted stuff but like they kind of paint it to where it's like he's just that he's that smart and that driven towards his goal that he's he like just is able to pick up this stuff and it's not as much luck as it is he's just that good yeah i mean he is good but a lot of it's stuff that he can't control and it's just yeah it's just kind assuming of what somebody's reaction will be to something and that's part of his plan. And maybe that's genius. Yeah. Maybe he's, he's just, just a really good chess player. Writing. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but mine that I said was controversial. Uh, I think Black Panther peaks here. Like the obvious answer for him is his own solo movie, of course. Yeah. I think like here he's way more mysterious, which I think kind of adds to the, the allure. And then Bozeman, he's, I mean, he's amazing in both. He's a great actor. In this one, he's so good at just like portraying small emotions with like a couple faces. Like the line yeah. where he's talking about his dad and he's like, my dad doesn't like revenge. And then she's like, yeah, that's good. He's like, I am not my father. I'm like, oh, yeah. let's go. <laughs> he, I actually almost did write him down. So I don't, I, I'd say it's, it's only controver- controversial because he had his own movie. 
and because he he died if he hadn't passed away i don't know that i don't know that it would be that controversial to say that truthfully because i he was like it was a smaller role obviously than his own film but like right he yeah it was really good and every scene he was in was kind of like deep in the emotions and mm-hmm. he had some gut-wrenching kind of moments obviously like seeing his dad die but then like his conversation with Zemo at the end is some of the most probably significant dialogue in the movie. Yeah. Even though it's not really, it's not really the, Oh, is it Iron Man or is it Captain America or what side are we on? It wasn't that kind of talk, but it's just like general overall theme of, you know, as a human person. So it's, I don't know. I thought I, I don't think that's that controversial. <laughs> I think that's actually go. pretty good. good to hear. And you're a, um i'll do the eternals award just because it's right below what we were just reading and I'm lazy um eternals award for could this have been a limited series uh no not the way they did the movie anyway um but i think a secret avengers series would be really cool Ooh, i like that oh, i think you're gonna talk then, more about that yeah that I, cool. I mean i guess i could <laughs> i mean really it's, it's just like it's not the way they chose to do the movie it just wasn't really set up in a way to do our 40 minute or 30 minute, 20, whatever episodes it was set up to be a movie. They certainly could have made it into a limited series, but it would have been different. It would have been probably a lot different. Of course, let's just make, let's assume they had unlimited budget. Yeah. A a series might've been really awesome. So you could get six hours of this instead of, you know, what was it? Two hours and 40 minutes or two and a half, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, But realistically i mean i enjoyed this she hulk show but she looked like a video game character because they don't have budget you know you're out of budget so it's i would i wouldn't want it to be a limited series knowing that there's budget limits but i wouldn't i would like to see something like secret avengers because a lot of that is street level stuff especially assuming comic book right where you're looking at like netflix style marvel shows the daredevil type stuff where they're doing street level activity captain america doesn't require a lot of special effects hawkeye doesn't require a lot of special effects like these kind of people where you can do cool stories that are kind of you know off the main continuity but still part of it i would enjoy that yeah i said with uh age of ultron that i wanted like like if if they did it now i think there might even be one but like an anthology series of like the avengers like before age of ultron and then before civil war with that new lineup the new avengers and then i didn't even think of that but yeah like you said with it'd be cap uh falcon black widow and and scarlet witch is like the secret avengers that'd be cool when it could change too i mean like as like you said we didn't get to go into spider-man switching sides right now yeah. all of a sudden he's part of it like it you could do so many things with it yeah of course assuming budget doesn't isn't a problem and time and all that crap but yeah, but yeah i mean now if like if they started the mcu as they are now like if it's like oh we know everything we already know travel back in time restart yeah i would put mini series between every single movie just because they tried to kind of do that with agents of shield and it wasn't as cool as what yeah. they're doing with the mcu shows now i think that's like i my theory is that at some point they're going to completely reset the mcu because like there's Probably. no captain america there's no iron man they're going to eventually reset it, I think, in a different timeline or whatever. Yeah. And I think it's going to be so much better because now they know what they can do and they can start at the beginning from, like, with that idea. Uh, digressed us. Um, Charles <laughs> Ward, I, yeah, I said no because it's just, <laughs> it's too important. It wouldn't be a good limited series. And that's it. Yeah, I think it would be weird. 
Uh, I'm going to go I Am Iron Man Award for the best single line. I'm going to bet that we have the same one, but go ahead. Yeah. It is your duty to plant yourself like a tree, look them in the eye and say, no, you move. Some Never mind. No. no. No, but that is a good one. Oh, I, I um, think I might know what you have, but that's uh, yeah. obviously Captain America said that in the comics. It wasn't yeah. exact, but. I feel like, so I, I usually am a pretty big sucker for the uh, poignant lines that come straight out of comics. Um, yeah. This is why I was such a big fan of the Hawkeye show because they had lots of little, they weren't always important, but it was little things that were directly from without just being a straight up copy. Yeah. But no, for this one, I went with, I could do this all day. That's good. Not, not really because it's like my favorite thing because now it's kind of, it's becoming a little played out from social media, but like that, that became an iconic line that he used more than once through, I mean, throughout all of the movies, right? Yeah, so he said it um, he's obviously used it several in, times. He said it in the first one three times or whatever, and then he said it in this one. This was like the comeback for it, like the first time they said it again. And then by yeah. Avengers Endgame, they said it as a joke, right? Yeah, and it's like so the this first was like the, the peak of that line. This was yeah, the, for sure. This was like the biggest stakes for it because the other ones, like the first movie, is like bullying stuff, like you know, Land and then it, and then yeah, then it got it. It started off like kind of easy, then it worked its way into more significance, and then this yeah. one is like really big because now he's fighting a, a good friend over like potentially well and especially at the time we're watching it in theaters it's on how the rest of this universe is going to play out over many years not knowing where we were going to be yeah uh so it's like it had a lot of weight to it but but more yeah i think just because it wound up being a huge fan service line later so it's just kind of it's kind of a big deal yeah that was a good line pretty much any single line that came from like like characters like Hawkeye or Black Widow who are kind of always just like saying the right thing, but they don't really get a lot of screen time yeah. compared to like some of the other ones. Things, yeah. yeah. And you're like, that was, and it's like smart stuff or you'll hear like Zemo says a bunch of little lines. Uh, T'Challa says a couple of really good lines. So it's Actually. Kinda... Yeah. That last uh, interaction with Zemo and T'Challa, I didn't even like, cause once I heard this one, I was like, yep, that's the winner. I got it. But that, and that was, that was a, a good one. Yeah. But yeah, that, that last one was was good too. But it was like, it's almost like there's too much and each single line is multiple sentences. So it's like, <laughs> it's, eh, I'm not going to use any of those. Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, Taika Waititi Award for the funniest moment. This movie's not really all that funny until Correct. halfway through when Ant-Man and Spider-Man come in. Yeah. Uh, so I've got two lines, one from each. When, when Spider-Man is talking to Iron Man, he's like, hey, yeah, I could have sucked the landing better. It's uncomfortable suit, but it's fine. It's fine. Thanks. And he's like, you don't have to talk this much right now, you know, right? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Ant-Man meeting Captain America. He's like, Captain America, I'm shaking your hand too long, aren't I? That was a good one. That was, yeah, they were pretty much the the funny of the movie. I So I just was like, maybe Tony Stank, even though that, that was like funny, cute, corny, but not really that funny. Yeah. Um, it's funnier for Stan Lee showing up than them doing it. But um, I laughed at when Sam and Bucky are in the car and yeah. Sam's like, or uh, Bucky was like, could you move your seat up? And he was like, no, <laughs> that, like that just made me laugh. Uh, and then yeah. like pretty much the whole fight sequence with, with Spider-Man and winter soldier and Falcon, like when they're fighting, sorry, not winter soldier, Bucky. Um, when they're all fighting, like that was, that was really funny. Cause that was really, I think the first time we got tastes of it in the amazing Spider-Man, but that was the first time we got to see like a really good quippy Spider-Man in fighting. Who's actually played by a kid. 
mm-hmm. um, and was like, I thought it was really good because it's getting into like they're covering the science part. So his jokes and his commentary, they weren't even jokes. They're just him being a curious person that made it funny. And it was they showed his science stuff talking about it. He's clearly smart. If you're just in the fight scene with him, excusing what we've already known and seen, mm-hmm. he they cover his intelligence, they cover his wit, and they cover his fighting ability. So it was kind of that, and it was funny. Um, yeah, and just so, and even when he catches the arm, it's like, dude, you got a metal hand. Yeah, like, showing like, how yeah, strong so he cool. is. So like, yeah, yeah that was that was. <laughs> it's, yeah, so you get to see a picture of his strength, and then like Bucky's kind of like, wait, what the heck? Like, why is he so strong? Yeah, but but yeah, if it's like one line, if I'm picking one line, it's probably the "Could you move your seat up?" thing. I thought that was really funny because yeah, it's just then, like quick comic relief you know and then a couple minutes later after he kisses sharon and then he looks back at them and they're both just like smiling like little buddies that is funny i guess a hawkeye award for most unexpectedly inspiring moment i didn't have a lot of unexpected inspiration i guess but i put uh black panther talking to zemo like that conversation from both characters it helps you really understand zemo a little more and you see that like this is obviously early stages of zemo pre pre falcon and winter soldier show where it's like okay he really isn't a bad dude if you don't kill his family like he's he's probably an all right guy like he's stopping right he's doing this is what i set out to do i'm done but like some of the stuff he says in there is just it's like general inspiring but not really but then what t'challa says to all of that about you know i'm I'm not going to let revenge consume me and all that. That's I, I thought that was a really good scene. Yeah. Like it's consumed you and it's consuming them. Yeah. So them blasting each so other or whatever. He's that got like that scene. whole self. He's like realizing everything and, and having the sense to step away and being very kingly in his uh, decision-making. Um, yeah. That's another good argument for him being uh, him peaking here. Cause this is like when he like self-actualizes into like a superhero Black Panther that it becomes yes. in the next one. Right. Yeah, so he's like, this is when he's first becoming king, right? Obviously not officially yet, but he's his dad's right, yeah, gone. His dad's dead. So it's very clear that he's next in line. It's happening. And this is like probably his first moment of actually acting like a king. Not not the kings we know about throughout history, but I mean like the way they're supposed to act. The way a king is supposed to be, yeah. Right, so he's like having that moment of like, I'm going to have discipline and I'm going to choose wisdom over revenge and just do the right thing and... uh that was I thought that's a really good scene. Maybe not inspiring as much, but I couldn't find much else to put in the category because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got three and I can't really pick between them. So I'm gonna pick all of them. Tony's talking about breaking up with Pepper and he's saying uh, he had to stop Ultron and then and then and then I didn't stop. Truth is I don't want to stop. And then Steve minutes later says when something's going south, he has to do something about it. Uh, I wish yeah. I could stop it. And Tony says, No, you don't. Steve says, No, I don't. It's like they're yeah. so freaking different, but they both do this for the same reason. They can't really same help stuff, themselves, yeah. but like help themselves, but help save the world, you know? Yeah. And then uh, Peter Parker's quote, kind of like one of the offshoots of with great power comes great responsibility. He says, when you can do the things that I can do and you don't, and then bad things happen, they happen because of you. Oh, that's a good one. That's yeah, a really that's good, good one. one. Yeah. Uh, and then last one, kind of throw away one from Wanda. I can't control their fear, only my own. Like that's a fine quote, but then when you that's include it with good. like the shot of her shooting him down the, the floor. Yeah, you got all, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that uh that Spider-Man one was good. I think that's a cake taker there. There we go. Go with Spider-Man. 
Honestly, I think that's my favorite. Obviously, with great power comes great responsibilities, a classic line. So that's going to be the best. But if you're yeah. just talking about like which line is the best in a vacuum, I think that one's better. Yeah, I think that was, that was really good. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to go into the She-Hulk Award for answers to questions Thank that God. don't need to be asked. I'm so glad you picked that one. Do you have a good one for this? No, because I left it blank because I'm like, I don't even. Okay. Yeah, this is I still a don't think stupid I fully understand one. that category. And I every time I go through it, I'm like, wait, how did he say to approach this again? I don't remember. So yeah, this is you, I'm hoping one. that it's you'll go a... and then it'll prompt me to actually think of something. But <laughs> okay. So Tony complains that somebody put coffee grounds into the garbage disposal. So I'm trying to figure out who that was. It's probably not Sam, Rody, or Natasha, because they've all been living with coffee makers and garbage disposals forever. And it's not Steve, because like while he's new to the garbage disposal technology like probably the first time he screwed it up he's like a boy scout so he's never gonna make that mistake again yeah he's a he's a he's a manners guy he's a manners guy and it's not vision because he has access to all the world's info and probably has you know keurig instructions downloaded somewhere in his hard drive and he also doesn't drink coffee so you can cross him off (laughs) so it's obviously Wanda doesn't drink coffee but she makes it so i think it's definitely wanda on top of being the youngest and the dumbest Garbage disposals <laughs> are illegal in most of Europe. Did you know that? Um, I knew that it was illegal in some parts of Europe. I don't, I don't know all where, but yeah. Yeah, it's mostly uh, Eastern it's Europe. Most of those countries, it's illegal. And everywhere else in Europe, it's uncommon. So she's probably never seen one in real life until living at the Avengers complex. And <laughs> her only knowledge of garble, garbage disposals would be coming from TV, because, you know, in WandaVision, she likes TV. So she right, just right, saw right. people putting stuff down there and then the disposal grinding it up. She doesn't know the the coffee disposal etiquette, right? So mystery solved. It's, it's obviously Wanda. See, I would have thought it was uh, Rhodey messing with Tony. <laughs> um, Different approach. Or like if Clint was there. I think if and Clint also had like, retired, I would throw him. I would throw him in there. Although yes, he also has a wife though, so his wife's gonna be mad about the garbage disposal. So he's not gonna like normally. Yeah, but be he's that like, kind of guy, right? He's like deep rooted in being kind of a punk, smart mouth. So like any chance he gets to like act out probably right. Like my wife's not here. Who can I mess with? I can mess with Tony. Ha <laughs> ha. That'd be hilarious. Or like, I would have maybe picked Bruce if he was around just for general carelessness, but I don't That'd know. Be a good pick too. But now I think, I think Rhodey did it. Yeah, but Rhodey, Wanda is Wanda. Wanda is the most logical. If you're not, if you're excluding pranky behavior, Wanda is the most logical. If you're assuming this is an accident, I'll say Wanda. If you're assuming it was intentional, piss off tony probably roadie um uh let's do first avenger award for best one-off character um i would have said zemo if the winter soldier thing didn't happen like the the falcon and winter soldier show uh so i i put miriam sharp what's her face i think her name is alf alfrey woodard or woodward whatever whatever the actress's name in that plays she's in luke cage later that's it yeah Um, let's say she's in another mcu thing but she is definitely not that same character in this movie I think she's a really good actress in oh, yeah. general. And a lot of her parts are small, but she's always really good. She's a really expressive face. I don't know. Like she like makes her mouth move in like ways that convey sadness really well, but, mm-hmm. um, but that's pretty much it. She had what, I don't know, three minutes of screen time. And she was, and really as much as I said, like Zemo's comments about, you know, Oh, Hey, Bucky killed your parents and Steve knew about it. As much as that may have been a catalyst for things, uh, she was really the biggest one, I think, to yeah. start it off. Because realistically, Tony probably would have never done anything if she hadn't approached him and put her son's face on him. 
You know, yeah. like he would have probably just been like moving along, whatever. Because they never she, really had to come like face to face with their consequences before. Yeah, and that's in, that's in that exactly scale, right. right. Yeah, yeah. So she she brought it to right in front of him, and uh, and really, I mean, whether she knew she was doing it or not, she played to his ego and his guilt. Like he didn't want to be the bad guy yeah. so much that he was willing to do pretty much anything to avoid it happening again. So yeah, without her as a, without her happening that whole movie pr- pretty much doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, that was a good one. I didn't have a great one. Cause this mo- it's like a team up movie. So there's not yeah, a lot, and of, a lot of these characters, characters come back. Like the, the characters that are covered, they all come back. Yeah. I think uh, pretty much uh, Everett Ross, not, not general Ross or secretary, Ross, right. whatever, but Everett Ross, the, uh, the, you know, the Hobbit, he, uh, yeah. he comes back <laughs> in later black Panther movies. And then Zemo, yep. I didn't like Zemo in this movie anyway. So I probably wouldn't give it to him. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I said, Dean Pelton. Yes. Community, the, the <laughs> I have a note guy. about him too. <laughs> this is a uh, Joe and Anthony Russo creation, as was Community. They had a little yeah. Dean Pelton talking about self-cooking hot dogs. I had a I had a note about him, uh, Jim Rash, right? So Jim he Rash, always yeah. always plays an administrator. Like everything I see him in, um, except one time I think he actually played Moby in a show, maybe twice. Well, he where he played, played, or he played a guy that people thought was Moby, which obviously they make those jokes in Community, and they make jokes in other things that he's in, like that he looks like Moby. But I think he played the guy who was supposed to look like Moby in yeah, that was how a much couple mother, shows. How much mother? Oh yeah, the, yeah, uh, probably was in that um, one too. New Year's episode. I, I think um, he might have been in an episode of Workaholics doing the same thing. I'm not totally sure. There's Jim Rash, and then these there's the other guy who looks exactly like him, who they have. Yeah, in who plays the doppelganger team. in Community, yeah. right? So yeah. I, I, anytime I see any of them in shows, it's all they're all the same. Moby's who. the same. They're all the same person. <laughs> but yeah, he was because he was like the principal in that Phil of the Future show, right? I think that was the Disney other guy. Channel. Wait, what? I think that was the. I think that was fake Dean. So here's here's the thing. So I'll tell you, I didn't watch Phil of the Future very much. It was just a little younger than me. I've seen episodes, but I just assumed it was him this whole time. And then obviously he plays the Dean and now he's playing an, an MIT administrator of some sort. I don't know if he's a Dean there too, or what? Uh, yeah, no, that was uh, that was the fake Dean JP Manox. Gosh, these guys need to look different. It's, yeah, they look, it's crazy. I, I thought it was too for the longest they time. They should start their own company, just like start their own company for guys to play that role and just, if you need one of us, we've got us, and then we'll get Moby in on it. You got three people, no matter what. It'll be like the Olsen twins on Full House. You just, if one of them's sick, you just rotate the other one. That was a, yeah, he's, that's a good one. I, uh, just cause I, I put a note about him existing. I totally forgot he was in it. And I was like, I think actually at the time, I had really not watched Community very much when I this first saw Civil War. Before I started Community too. So I wouldn't so like, notice it. I didn't watch Community till a couple of years ago. And I was like, oh, hey, the Dean. Yeah. <laughs> And then you've seen Arrested Development, obviously, right? Yes. Yeah, you got yeah. the uh, stair mobile. Did you see that? Where was no? You didn't see like that the, the like the actual Bluth one was at the yeah airport? the actual Bluth one. They had the stair what? car at the uh, at the airport. That probably goes under trivia. Yeah. I did not see that. Oh yeah, that was just watch. going off the the Russo connection. <laughs> there. I did have that in trivia. Uh, poorly aged CGI. First off, the de aging of Tony Stark in the barf thing that looked that looks so bad this so, is like the beginning of that tech like correctly yeah like taking he was shape. the first yeah he was the first one right that they did that with i think uh they did michael douglas the year before in ant-man oh okay and that actually looked way better than than this one 
they didn't de-age him as much probably right you're talking yeah i guess they they went from like 70 to 40 which is better than you know eh. 50 to 20 i mean it's still 30 years right so yeah but you know you're going from but yeah a smooth skin little versus, kid yeah. yeah well and even voice just the voice alone like he that was the part that threw me i actually put that in i was like i'm surprised that the dh downy still wasn't like really making me want to puke because i i fully expected that i would hate it it was but it's probably like i'm giving it a pass because it was early yeah um but i i was thrown by his voice because his voice was grown man 40 something year old adult voice yeah and not 20 year old and you're talking like tony's had years of how many crazy things has he inhaled over time damage that he's done to his voice and his vocal cords over who knows all the screaming and violent wars and things he's done and he sounds a 20 year old him just sounds like that i thought yeah, that was weird and that was that was the part of the michael douglas aging that was way worse because michael douglas has a very distinct old man voice and they put yeah. it into a, a younger man and it looked weird yeah that it is sounded, weird sounded weird um and then also the the airport fight scene like obviously it was on in in the warehouse with the, the screen craft the earth stagecraft the green screen everywhere yeah but it was very noticeable in a couple scenes there and it was kind of ugly and I'll, I'll say like there were parts a lot of the movie where i was like i was watching it but i wasn't looking as deeply at those details i thought the one when they're in the hydra base talking with zemo cat bucky and tony are all in there i thought there was one little bit when tony was like in his suit I think it was around the time when he was getting ready to shoot yeah. at somebody and it like his head just looked a little bit like it was not really attached to the body. Yeah. The floating head thing. Um, See, yeah. I don't... And it, not bad, but it was like, uh, I guess that's probably it. It was more like I was looking for something at that point. Cause like I got into the movie and I was like, Oh man, I, there's, I forgot to actually pay attention to what categories I'm supposed to be taking notes for. Yeah. That's the oh, biggest that's problem with one. this category in particular, because like you don't when the when it's intense, you don't notice bad CGI, right? You just like forgive it and forget about it. Yeah, well, some when of you it, look they just do it, it on purpose it. to be cheap, right? Yeah. Like they just oh, we can just skate here. You don't have you don't always have a uh, a moment like you would have in like the DC universe where they've had some Steppenwolf moments with his garbage look. I'm not yeah. hating on the DC universe. It's just that that was really bad. <laughs> it looks, I don't hate that DC Universe. Really I, I think the only one I actually hate is Justice League for a thousand that, reasons. Uh, I just thought that the... Yeah, and having the way Aquaman flew through the air on that one looked bad too. But like Steppenwolf's CGI was bad. And I was just like... Like I shouldn't be able to tell because I'm not like a big CGI nerd. So the nice thing is like watching these Marvel movies, there's not a ton where I'm like... Yeah, that really sucks. There's a few, but nothing like the the worst. Honestly, has been the last couple of years, like post COVID, when I yeah, don't like know they if, were changing workers or something. I don't know. Yeah, because it it wasn't like Marvel was doing anything, but they were still using the same companies, and those companies would lay people off, and those companies yeah. were getting cheaper. So whatever. When they were doing um, stuff, uh, I read something about that at one point where they had to like, like basically overnight, they had to move everything to home stuff so it's like you go from using a massive studio to using your house to do this stuff yeah. and that probably i assume would cause some problems yeah tony's the floating head thing is often a thing with with tony's suit it was i think it was worst in um it wasn't tony but it was bruce banner and the hulkbuster in in infinity war i think that's the worst it ever looked but it's well, I'll, when bad. i go back to rewatch that i'll uh, i'll confirm <laughs> 
So I don't, I haven't seen that in a while. Cheesiest fight scene slash best fight scene. I went with best cause I didn't really think any of them were cheesy. Um, I, I had two just because similar impact. I truthfully, this whole movie is like one long fight scene. Like every, everything in it is like a really good action sequence. Like, like the Bucky cap, black panther sequence is super cool and then like you finally see him in his suit so it's extra cool and i remember at the time every we were all like really hyped up to see black panther on the screen um seeing that whole thing people you know people in the audience putting stuff together like wait 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 his shield's vibranium how's that guy scratching it oh because he's got it too and like obviously the comic book people already know this but it's that whole thing's fun right all the fight scenes are really good but I felt like the airport scene, obviously that's cool because it's everybody. There is, I take it back, there is a cheesy part in that where they're in a line running at each other, which is yeah. like kind of stupid. But for cinema, I get it. It just, uh, it's just a little, that's cheesy. But in general, that fight scene is really cool. You see really good fights from a lot of different characters all at one time. And the significance of it is crazy big because Rhodey gets wrecked and that's like, that is another big issue for Tony and how he sees things um, and maybe not seeing things clearly, but also everybody involved kind of knows like, this is bad. Like when that happens, like Falcon came in, you know, God forbid the guy tried to apologize. It wasn't even his fault. And Tony's just another Tony, just like, he's like, I'm done with you. And like, and who made vision? Interesting. (laughs) Um, That scene is super impactful and the fighting is awesome. Um, But and then the other one being uh, Captain America, Bucky and Iron Man for the same reasons. The fighting is so cool because it's the three of them and they're like, you know, with the shield being in play, bouncing back and forth and all that was really cool and hugely significant because now you have like two really good friends who are uh, fighting as close to the death as they're willing to get. Um, Plus, I had cool little things like Iron Man, uh, his suit analyzing caps movements which in the comic they do it a little bit quicker where they're just like why are we fighting like i've my suit has memorized everything you've ever done so i I can see what you're doing before you do it yeah but they they kind of do that in the movie which makes it cool where he just quickly asks the suit to analyze and then uh I i thought that whole scene was cool and again super significant impact for the story when they're uh fighting each other very close quarters yeah and that actually i 100% 100% left this out of best lines from that fight scene because yeah. that's one of my favorite lines in the, in the movie when he says, uh, he's my friend, talking about Bucky. Tony says, so was I. It's like, oh, yeah. my heart. Yeah, and he says was. Oh like, saying was makes it more. Yeah, and that, that was from the trailer too, I believe, and that, that's going into it. I had two different uh, fight scenes, so I kind of like that. I love the opening fight, uh, the, the new Avengers chasing down Rumlow. Because my, my constant complaint about the MCU is that you don't see enough of the actual Avengers like fighting as a team, right? It's usually just like accidental team ups or fighting alone. Right. But the only time you actually see them fighting like together, like they are an actual group, is during Age of Ultron and Civil War. And I, I like the like the little team up, lighthearted fights you saw here and uh, yeah. another one at the beginning of Ultron. But the reason this one was so awesome because it, it ended so like traumatically, it felt lighthearted until it was like really, really serious which kind of applies too to the airport scene. Like it seemed like a lighthearted fight. It was fun. It was cool. And then roadie might be dead. Until you know? Right. Exactly. Like 
yeah it, it, it's kind of weird too because you're thinking about like which one of these dudes in their right mind thought this will end well and it's also like stupid when you see like black widow and hawkeye are like not actually fighting but they're yeah. fighting and they're both like like what's why are we even doing this and it's like you know that you're either pulling your punches or somebody's gonna die yeah so why bother like what's the point kind of like what you said before with like just sit down and talk about it like it should get to a point like this is like batman versus superman kind of conversation is like okay there's only two ways this is really gonna end batman's gonna kryptonite you till you die or superman's gonna rip you apart till you're dead that was different though well, that, since we they, both those know, two like, wanted to kill each other right versus, but like we both know neither of them will do it right yeah. so neither of them's actually going to do it yeah. so why bother and it's this that doesn't mean i didn't enjoy it uh and i like the comic stories for that too but like it's the same here as like neither side is actually willing to kill the other side and only a few of them have actually killed people so it's like you're talking who hasn't about killed anybody among the avengers like, who hasn't killed so, anybody i guess so as far as canonically Wanda. in the stories who have who's actually killed people like you know cap has he fought yeah. in world war ii so he's definitely killed people obviously black widow's killed people yeah um I, they hadn't said anything about Clint killing anybody yet, but he probably, I think we can safely assume well, he, that. he accidentally definitely did, did later when he was um, mind control, but I guess that doesn't really count yeah. in Avengers. Then, like, but he, he's so like, to have killed people. But like Spider-Man has not killed anybody. Uh, obviously Black Panther, I think we can say pretty confidently he's killed people, but like yeah. some of these characters haven't gotten to that point yet, but you know, you know, they're not going to kill their friends. So yeah. why can't we just talk about it guys? Well, the movie'd be a lot shorter. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, I said you like that scene. I think that was like it was. I think that's one of the cheesiest scenes in all the MCU. But it was so. It fun. is also one of the cheesiest. It's it is the cheesiest fight scene in that movie, which I wasn't even thinking of at the time, till I start saying it out loud. I mean, it is the whole standing in a line, running at each other, fighting people you know you're not really gonna fight. That's yeah. pretty cheesy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it also like you were saying with the Hawkeye and and Natasha like cracking jokes at each other. Like, are you yeah. are you actually like do you want to be here right now? Like, like you know you're not gonna yeah. when, uh, when Scarlet Witch threw her across the the room is like you're pulling your punches. Yeah, like she's. <laughs> I don't know these people. I will kill them. I don't care. Yeah, that was. Funny. Um, and then like, it it is corny. Like it's probably not that corny, but like Steve's always oh Brooklyn. Like we get it. You're from Brooklyn. Like shut up. <laughs> like I get you're from Brooklyn, dude. Like shut up about Brooklyn. Nobody cares about Brooklyn. Move on. The Nets suck. Nobody cares. I feel like he mentions it like all the time it's probably not that much but every time i see him i'm like oh he's from brooklyn i would have never known because he doesn't talk about it enough That's they're funny. like him and spider-man get done fighting and i i actually thought their fight was pretty on par where it's like captain america's very aware it's a kid he's yeah. not gonna hurt him spider-man is not at the point where he could kill a person anyway and he's like he's just just not him and he's a kid so this like it, i thought they did that one pretty well but then he ends and he's like oh Brooklyn, <laughs> I don't shut up. I don't care. Yeah. That's hilarious. Are you so mad about that? Uh, I'm it's gonna not, go. <laughs> it's so dumb too that I. It's so dumb that I even cared enough to write that down, but I did. Yeah. All right. Next up, Age of Ultron Award for this was way cooler after seeing the next five movies. I think this is like the number two movie for this award for like most things you could say about this movie. Uh, yeah. Um, like behind individual age of Ultron, obviously, but seeing WandaVision, knowing like how deeply Vision and Wanda are like falling in love, like throughout this point, that was mm -hmm. kind of cool. Like his, uh, what is grief if not love persevering? That super, like, what I love from that show that happens probably like a couple of weeks before this movie. Uh, and then obviously, like Mysterio creating the barf system, 
That was a cool yeah. little uh, callback. Yeah, that was a good one. And then if you rewatch this, and then like if you like after rewatching them both a couple times, there's like no laughs from the crowd. But then when you watch Far From Home, like crowd is like laughing at him. So that was a cool little like like he, he sees it as everybody's laughing at him, and it seems it seems worse. So I like that inclusion yeah, that in was, that movie. Uh, I that's actually probably the best one, which I didn't even write that one down, but like. Because, well, I remember obviously watching it at the time. You're like, oh, barf, ha, ha, whatever. And then uh, years later, it's like, oh, I guess they decided that was this other guy's idea. And Tony stole it or yeah. whatever. And uh, <laughs> it was, uh, that's a good one. That's, that's good an interesting one. thing, too. Because, like, it's either he stole it and he's an a-hole. Or they kind of explain it that he, he was, like, it's just technology that could be used poorly and and like in the wrong hands, do something bad. So he took it out of his hands or he's just, you know, Thomas Edison stealing ideas. Or yeah, he's just, or he's, you know, uh, the face of the company and you made something and you signed an agreement that says I can do whatever I want. Yep. Which uh, might've happened. Um, I mean, I didn't do the math to see if it was actually five movies. Uh, <laughs> Josh like, said that same thing. It's not literally the next five movies. Yeah, it's, so it's, like Ross, uh, obviously, because honestly in this movie, I hate it. I was like, that guy's a jerk. Like, he's barely in it, but he's just like, I'm like, you don't even know anything. You're just being a turd, uh, just being a butt. But he winds up being really awesome, obviously, as a supporting character later on. Um, oh, but, you mean uh, ever? I thought you meant General Ross. Secretary oh, General Ross, Ross like, he always gets sucks. Yeah, he, he always sucks. sucks. He's. Uh, I think they have officially made uh, Harrison, Harrison Ford, Ford yeah. in now, right? And like for multiple movies coming up too. Right. I thought it was weird that they that he was important enough that they need a new actor for him. But I think that means that we're going to see Red Hole. Yeah, he's super important because the Thunderbolts movie is about to come out. So yeah. Um, but uh, um, Winter Soldier going to sorry, I know people get offended if you say Winter Soldier when he's not brainwashed. Bucky going to Wakanda just because like it doesn't. Okay, cool. He's being frozen for safekeeping, and then later it's like, oh, oh, this is cool. Like, yeah i don't think that paid off until because like until it like, was not five movies it was a lot more than five movies. <laughs> after infinity war it like like oh cool he was there and like whatever but then after seeing falcon winter soldier seeing them like take the you know brainwashing yeah. out of his head that's when i got really really yeah cool. so, so it's I like agree with that one it's like movies and tv shows and it was like 10 movies later <laughs> and a couple of series and you're like oh yeah oh, <laughs> uh and then Obviously, Endgame is a big this one and um, and Age of Ultron lead super importantly into Endgame. His Stark's rant after to Steve after he got back to Earth. I think that solidifies my stance as pro registration. Like at the very least, they should have just been together, even if they had to make some compromises. Yeah, they uh, well, that's like the thing. Thanos. Like he makes good points. Like they both make good points. Like throughout the whole thing, I mean, one of the things I like about the Civil War comics and the movie and i know the comics they did it on purpose it's kind of showing you it's representative of like the political commentary now so like two people will talk about who they voted for which i don't know why on earth you would ever have these conversations but um i voted for so-and-so you voted for this person now we hate each other but then really that's so stupid because at the core of it you both are probably identifying really similar issues you're both laying out like this is a problem we both think this is a problem our way to solve it is different but at the core, we're really 
we're really coming from the same area here as people. And they did a really good job with showing, well, this is like Cap comes from a very different background than what Tony does. So Steve is from not high income, not having a lot, having to work really hard for a really long time. Tony is from, I don't have to work hard because I'm super gifted and I have tons of money and I've always had all of that stuff. And also I'm insanely talented. And if I work hard, awesome things happen. They have these two different backgrounds and obviously they're many years apart in age. Right. Um, but like seeing them kind of talk through different things, they both are identifying the same problem. They just have a different approach with how to fix it. So they'll both have good points and then they make different decisions that are not always good. And who knows, maybe neither of them are right for a lot of these decisions that they come up with, but like it is to uh, Tony's point, like if they were together, things are probably better yeah in general and he his his ego and, and anger towards the end kind of ruins all that too because it probably was solvable like probably his repairable relationship until he tried to kill bucky right well that that's what i think so like uh like one of the things that i wrote down like uh in that scene where they're fighting and he's like oh he's my friend he was like so was i i think that is a difference between tony and steve because steve would have said so am i steve would not be well, you made me mad now we're not friends and tony over his life in the movies and in the comic books he seems to have a tendency to shut a relationship down like if as soon as you're something that i don't like now i'm in vengeance mode or i'm in cutting you off mode or i don't need to talk to you anymore and steve is like i'm gonna save you no matter what and i'm always gonna be the, it's it's just like a different approach and it doesn't mean that they're both not right sometimes because like some people you just don't need them you don't you need to get away from them but i think that just shows kind of the difference between their approaches uh steve is like fierce loyal forever always all the time and tony is also but like more a little unhinged obsessive crazy maybe steve's obsessive about other things but you know yeah anyway i am excited for a couple months when we talk about those two in depth and i have more i have more beef with comics I have more beef with Steve in the comics than I do in the movies. So. Yeah, they made him wait. Uh, well, I'm going <laughs> to talk more about that. <laughs> I'm gonna, otherwise, I'm going to rant. Um, let's see. We covered that one, right? We did. did the we cover? Yeah. Word? Yes. Done there? That whole page is done. All right. You are up? I think you're up. Um, okay. So let's do, let's do pick a knit. I shall. Yeah, pick a knit. I'll go with that. Um, I have two really not not much i didn't go over the top but uh civil war should not be a captain america movie it should be an avengers movie um obviously in the how the whole titling and whatever works out it is what it is is a captain america movie but day one i was like this should not be captain america civil war it's not him fighting himself it's the avengers fighting each other yeah it should be an avengers movie um not a captain america movie but not that Should big of a deal. Iron Man v Captain America. This came out the same year as Batman v Superman. Yeah, they should just they done should it just like stolen the title. Um, and then I also I didn't like that the credits at least unless I missed it the credits only mentioned based on comics by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, which is not even close to true because the, it's mostly based on Mark Miller's stories. So, and the like the actual Civil War comics are the basis of the majority of this. But that's really minor. 
Cause that, I mean, that's always a nit that people pick in all of them is like, Oh, you didn't credit enough people. You didn't credit the right person. You didn't credit this line of stories or who knows or whatever. Yeah, I so think now, that one's fair here though, you know, just because there are, especially like the couple shots you have of that are stolen straight from the, not stolen, but you know, yeah. Yeah. Like the if comics. they had said like based on characters created by, like they usually do is like based on the character created by you you see 30 Kirby's name in. a lot. Yeah. But like a lot of those characters are created by the same two to five people. Like it's, it's a lot of these characters are like Jack Kirby, Stan Lee, th- those people in that era created a lot of these characters. Um, but they said based on, I'm pretty sure it said based on the comics by which I don't know, movie crediting for that has gotten better. Cause I saw one of them. I can't remember which one it was, but it listed like 20 people. And it was like anybody who had written or, or done art on a run for those characters in the last like three decades. So that's cool. They're getting a little bit more out with that. Um, that's a really silly nit to pick, but I guess that's the <laughs> point of the category, right? So yeah, these are all silly. That's that's all I had. Uh, my I talked about this already, but Zemo's plan was so convoluted. I like by my second rewatch, I was like, this is just you're guessing on people's reactions getting a lot really getting lucky, lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh bucky when he's running him and cap are running away from the german special forces or whatever he says i'm not gonna kill anybody but then he yanks a guy off a moody a yeah. moving motorcycle <laughs> like that guy he's probably gonna survive but he's gonna be like eating out of a tube for his life yeah well you that know? was i did like in the stairwell when he like chucks a dude and then cap kind of looks at him and he's like kind of just like shrugs like oops uh yeah. I almost had that for funniest moment when he's like, come it's on, definitely man. Like, yeah, it's it's definitely like that old, like, oh, Batman doesn't kill. Then you watch him fight and you're like, he might not kill, but he's not, they don't have a quality of life. Yeah, I won't kill this. you, but your uh, hospital bills yeah. will. Right. Your your family's going to all have a collective issue with their thousands <laughs> upon thousands of dollars every month that they got to spend just to keep you alive. Uh, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> It'd be a great Batman comic. Like he sends a guy to the hospital and then gets like an infection while in the hospital and dies that way. And then Batman has yeah. to deal with the fact that he deal with the guilt. sort of killed somebody. Or like, yeah, how many family members? This is a real thing. I mean, how many family members have uh, killed themselves over like, I can't pay the bills for this kind of stuff? That's all on Bruce's head. I, I was ranting about Zemo less. A lot of my nits are about Zemo, but I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to let him go. I've uh, dogged on him enough. Uh, His Steve family Hulley, died. Feel bad for him. Yeah, he's, he's just one of my favorite comic book characters. And I love uh, Daniel Blech or whatever, but I just did not like this movie character. Steve holding down the helicopter. That's supposed to be like this top tier MCU scene. I thought that was so cheesy and they still talk about it. To like watch. It's just, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's they just did a, a good weird job. Off his biceps, like they—that's pretty much what it was. Like when they the, the interviews with Russo's about it, and I think even Chris Evans had one where they were talking about like prepping for the scene to make him as bulgy as he could be. Yeah. Um, so you're essentially talking like you're doing uh, like almost like a bodybuilding prep to make sure that you are as lean as possible to show as much muscle as possible. And they did. I mean, they hooked up. It's kind of amazing how they did it, right? They hooked up a crane and basically had him pull for real. Like there's some some version of that. I'm not going to get exactly right, but yeah, they yeah, they have like there's they physically videos of it happening so, that, so you can watch yeah. the behind the scenes. So of it. it's, it's like it's pretty cool to watch. It's like a physically demanding super Tom Cruise level stunt crap scene. And the whole point was so they could show his bicep. 
Yeah, one he, bicep. Like, he got injured from that too. Like he pulled a probably I assume. <laughs> but he's um, he was in great shape too. I mean, the way they did uh, yeah, so many things well, where they were doing like uh like those ripcord, I don't know what they call them, where they're doing like advanced sprinting uh for shooting, where they would like uh propel them, like they pull them. Yeah, uh, like you like you would for like a sport training. So he's running as fast as he can, but it's like when you run down like the sand dunes and you're running even faster. So it's like, <laughs> but he's doing that stuff, at least at least a lot of it. So that part's cool, but scene wise, yeah, I'd take it or leave it. <laughs> yeah. oh, that was weird. It was also literally in the script. It says zoom in on biceps. Yeah. And that's even that's, funnier. Uh, well, it's, it's funny because they're kind of making it a joke now. Like they did, they had MCU cast like guessing whose arms were in this picture, like silly stuff. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> also, in that same scene, though, like how is Steve the only guy who can catch up to Bucky on the helipad? Did you think about that when he when he got to him? Like, there's no other agents out there. Like, this is an entire complex, and there's nobody else there, and they're able to just like away. waiting for him. Like, yeah, you know. I, thought I mean, weird. that's a good point because really, you're talking because they're not regular government. I would think it's a mix of like their heavy level, their heavy hitting forces. They're it's police stuff. So they're talking like SWAT guys and they got probably shield is somehow involved. I would just shield assume dead by that point. Oh yeah, they were. Yeah. Gosh, these timelines, man. Um, but like you would think this is like kind of basic one-on-one stuff, uh, seal the exits. So he came in, we came in this way. He went out this way. There's only really a couple ways he can get out. We got helicopters outside the building. Who's on the rooftop? Oh, nobody. Oh, crap. We forgot to think about the rooftop. And, like, you could have even, like, been lazy and, like, have a, people, a couple people there that he, like, throws off the side or something. Yeah, but just, just nobody something. being there doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's it only makes sense if it's a trap. Like, if you're deliberately trying to make him think that he's free. That Ooh. doesn't make – yeah, that is kind of weird. shield answers to questions that don't even be asked. Maybe the helicopter was rigged to, like, explode or something. And they were trapping him, but then Steve ruined it. And on stupid accident. Steve, what an idiot! Stupid Steve. It's the oldest trick in the book: the old exploding helicopter gag. <laughs> idiot. Uh, missed opportunities. I've got two. So you talked about uh, not Steve's. What's his name? Tony, Tony. Stank. Uh, his Tony Stank. His alcoholism. They they touched on it sort of kind of in iron man three with his past in a, in uh the new year's eve 1999 scene but that's like a you know he's partying whatever it's not really talking about alcoholism and then again a little bit in iron man 2 but they should have had even just like the slightest like he just take a sip of a, of a whiskey or something just to like the especially for the comic fans that know that he's an alcoholic just yeah. kind of show that that's kind of something that he's leaning into it didn't have to be a whole drawn out things i know it's a disney movie but so mm -hmm. they should have had some sort of reference to him coping with all this stuff and pepper and losing uh steve in some kind of negative way mm. yeah uh yeah i agree i think i wrote that one down also i and it's in like the second issue of the mainline civil war um, i don't remember second or third maybe where he like mentions right away like part you know part of the steps or part of being clean i can't remember exactly how he says it but basically like he uses that as a part of plot building and what they're doing yeah. is his his sobriety is a factor now because he's actually sober and here's so so like a passing mention of that because i i mean even in the other iron man movies it's not like they said oh yeah he's he's an alcoholic they just kind of made it like he's a party guy he's just like you know so he surrounds himself with women and booze and whatever 
So didn't really, I guess you couldn't really slip it in there and just be like, well, since I got clean, but I feel like you could have. I feel like they could have. You could have, yeah. It's in some way. They, they've done a lot. And it of wouldn't have been a big reach in. for any, any, this whole argument too, like going into this, like, oh, the MCU took C-level characters like Iron Man. Iron Man was never a C-level character. He had a freaking cartoon in the 90s. Like, he was like a, he a was, pop culture C-level character. Yeah, but if you're talking he about was not Marvel characters, he's guy. A-list. Yeah. Yeah, he's, and he's not Spider-Man, but he's still very well known. So it's probably not too big of a reach for anybody casually watching the movie to be like, oh, he does have a drinking problem. It makes sense now. Like if he just said, I got clean. Oh yeah, he did kind of drink in those. I mean, in like the first Iron Man, he's drinking in a Hummer while he's driving across, you know, through a war zone. Yeah. And he's, you know, <laughs> just, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and then obviously there's a lot of missed opportunities with stuff they missed in the comics, but I mean, that's not really fair because they like yeah, spider-man the the twist and everything you can't yeah. build up to that my, in the movie my two big ones i wrote were were no reed no logan uh but you couldn't they couldn't even do that so it's not yeah. so really the most yeah. realistic one is tony's alcoholism the other ones just for rights you couldn't really do anything about it yeah and i've said this a thousand times but i wanted something about the avengers like after the breakup before the breakup and before like i just wanted more avengers content honestly i don't think there's yeah. enough of the actual Avengers. Uh, last one, what age is the best and worst? I only put like, just, I, I assume the approach was really what age is best as far as like, if we watch this, are we being cringy about it now? I don't know. I think that's what the intention is, right? Um, no, but I like, put like what age is worst in, uh, in within the universe yeah. uh, is that's Tony's decisions. Like all of Tony's decisions, almost all of them age really poorly um barf those kind of things like they're they're all little stuff you don't even think about in the movie and then by the end like by the time you're getting to infinity war every major villain is somehow tony's fault or or he's involved and it's like it's not like he's deliberately doing it he's not trying to make these horrible things happen because he is a good guy like his he wants to be a good guy he wants to be a hero but a lot of his decisions really don't age well it's just they're bad choices and uh, yeah and really he's not alone in that but he's the biggest guy so yeah before shield fell they were like the ones who accidentally created a bunch of villains right yeah whether it's leading uh like using the tesseract to to draw the thanos in or obviously winter soldier that's all shield's fault but then it ends up being a lot of tony's fault later um you said age is worse. I'm going to say what I think definitely 100% what age is the worst is the forced kiss between Captain America and Sharon Carter. <laughs> like, I think they just that's, didn't yeah, that's a maybe good one. know at this point that they were going to send him back in time. Yeah, but that's probably, way, you're probably right. They probably didn't know that, but it is, it's awkward and weird. And, yeah, because obviously they had oh, like they a kissed. vision of where they were going to go with like Infinity War and Endgame, but they probably thought they would have Chris Evans for a little bit more and that's why they wrote him out. So yep. I don't think they knew that he was going to go back in time with her. Yeah, and who knows? I think we're going to probably see less of that as time goes because they now are understanding how much they can get away with. Like, we can introduce the most ridiculous concepts and people will still watch the movie. It doesn't matter. Yeah. A uh, um, couple other things. Uh, like, I think the the fact that they did Civil War so early, I think, didn't age awesome. I don't know if yes. it ages bad because I, I thought that when it came out, too. Um, but like it made sense after Ultron and before Infinity War, but it just dissolved yeah. the Avengers after only two movies together. So that's kind yeah. of bummer. I, th- I think that's a good point because uh, so a big gripe I had originally watching the movie was Spider-Man is brand new as a superhero and he's in Civil War. 
but in the comics he's been spider-man for many 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 years so it's like a huge deal and he's an adult so he's doing adult type things which is which kind of changes a lot of how that character plays out so like yeah doing civil war several movies later uh might have been even more awesome i don't know yeah and i again it makes sense with like what their direction for going into infinity war wanting them broken up and all yeah. the the infighting during ultron but yeah, yeah. well it's kind of like you mentioned too like at what point did they think this was going to burn out because like yeah years i mean my entire childhood was spent waiting for live action superhero movies because you had batman you had superman um and that was really it uh the fantastic four thing didn't work out not not the newer ones i mean like in yeah, the, the 90s where the it didn't even get made yeah right and then like they had a captain america one that nobody liked they got you know so you have like older stuff that people enjoyed people loved the wonder woman show they loved adam west batman all of these things but like but you had like lois and clark and some of these shows but getting spider-man on the big screen was like never happening then it finally is happening x-men's happening right slightly before that yet blade but that's not it's not like everybody's seeing that most of the people going to see it didn't even know it was a comic book movie yeah um so like you finally get them to take off and it's like okay guys this isn't gonna last forever like how and who i don't think anybody including kevin feige could have imagined that they would get this many movies and still break records every time a movie comes out yeah because uh, that's so yeah you probably were trying to avoid writing yourself into a hole not realizing you'd have 10 more movies to screw up before anybody stopped watching them because <laughs> i mean how many failures they'd have to have so many bad movies in a row now to get people to not watch them anymore yeah even, even look like look at dc like i've enjoyed the dc movies but they've had movies that were not received very well and they still get tons of money at these movies. So. Yeah, I think they said outside of the the, the pandemic, uh, Black Adam was the first movie that lost them money, even with all the. the I still don't even buy that. I think I think that's. Uh, what do you mean? I mean, it you was, don't buy that they. Didn't I just don't because like I have small. I don't buy that it lost money. Um, I think that that's. I haven't read the official story. I saw a headline about it, and I'm like, I don't get it because the theaters by me get rid of movies quick because they're small yeah they had black adam for a very long time so people kept watching it and the only other movie they had long like that was top gun which they had way longer they still have top gun now and it's streaming i don't even understand but uh so i just assumed it was selling really well although when i saw it it wasn't very crowded yeah well i saw it after it had been out for too. a month like when i saw it it was out for a month and i and it was us and one other family but but just look yeah, at I mean, the numbers it made 380 million at the box office 40 to 60 percent of that goes to the theater itself and then it costs 250 million to make and ooh, yeah it, ooh. and there's at least 100 million of marketing so ooh. yeah that's another one this is a rabbit trail because i'm burned out like i'm gonna go see avatar and i'm kind of excited about it but oh, i loved avatar i didn't Jim like Cameron the first one i love love like, this one like James Cameron kind of bothers me and I have no real good reason for that. But like, did you ever read his uh, Spider-Man script from the nineties? Uh, I saw it and I never read it. Like I saw like links about it, but I never actually. Read okay. It. I'm going to send you something after this. Sweet. But his, so they said something like, well, Avatar is going to have to make $2 billion to even turn a profit. And the math they released does not even come close to that. Cause they're like total expenses were under half a billion dollars. And you're like, so are you lying about your total expenses? Is there more in the total expenses? Because they're like, well, the movie costs whatever, 400 million 
plus marketing. It, 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 like, cost, so, it was like 250 Yeah, whatever it was, which I also think that's pretty low because you're telling me Black Adam costs basically the same as a movie that took 15 years to make and they had to develop special technology just to make the movie. So they said that and they're like, plus marketing. So marketing costs you over $1.5 billion. I do not believe you because I saw one commercial for Way of the Water, Way of Water. Whatever. I so, love that commercial too because it didn't tell you anything. Talk exactly. So they gave you a super vague one commercial and they're telling me that they need $2 billion. Dollars. Anyway. All but they're the doing is marketing it. I wrote about that mm-hmm. and Cameron said something that people, that media then took to me and like, oh, it needs this much to make a profit. But that's not what he said. He needs, I he, said, he said it needs to be one of the top five movies of all time, which is $2 billion or more to be worth it financially to the studio, which doesn't necessarily mean yeah, to make so profit. That means it, this is figures. a 20 year commitment. And yeah. I got, we got to make a, a and, more money. Well, than and off and of leaving out the story that I read at the time left out the fact that he's already, they've already greenlit the third one and they're filming the fourth at the same time, whether it's greenlit or not. So it's yeah. like, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so, so that in context makes a lot more sense than that other dumb headline I read. Yep. Uh, um, we went way off there. <laughs> uh, I knew, I told you, I warned you I was going to do it. <laughs> uh, wage is the best. I said this in a lot of uh, movies so far but i think this is another like turning point in the maturation of the c of the mcu um i think specifically like like cinematically this is a a really important movie for that because it's definitely the best directed movie including winter soldier which was made by the same guys and going for like it's just little things like well-crafted shots like where people are sitting background noises being just as important like it was if you're just talking about like as a filmmaker what they did i think this is a big turning point for that and paying attention to those little cinematic things more so than just comic books and cool scripts. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's when they're still, I thought the Russos did a really good job. Cause like you said, like, like winter soldier, that movie could be watched by anybody, not a comic fan or not. Cause it's like a spy thriller action movie. Yeah. And it's very big on like espionage, awesome stuff. Um, and they kind of kept with that where civil war was a movie that happened to have superheroes in it. Yeah. Um, for the most part anyway. And then obviously the MCU kind of falls into more fan service, uh, cameo, silly, fun stuff later. Increasingly, probably every couple of years. Yeah. But yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Useless trivia. So the highway chase scene, they didn't use CGI. They used that practically. They used... Uh, they had Chris Evans and Chadwick Boseman and Sebastian Stan. They were running on like a treadmill-like thing while being like, pulled along. So I guess they CGI'd off the, the pulleys, uh, but they had them running alongside the cars. So they were actually going that fast. They just created a, a machinery like, to make them. Like like, uh, the like the belt at the airport or whatever, where you yeah. <laughs> run extra fast. <laughs> They're running on an airport belt. Uh, RDJ cool. Mercer Tomei, who plays Aunt May. Yeah. That was like a triple rhyme right there. RDJ Mercer Tomei <laughs> and Aunt May. Uh, he keeps calling hot. They used to date in the 90s. Interesting. Yeah, they did a couple movies together when I yeah, was they a did a very young Lapland and something else. Uh Black Way Panther woman or something. I don't know what it's called. Yeah. Uh Black Panther originally had a smaller role with Spider-Man having like a the, the bigger one, but at one point it looked like Sony wouldn't let them use Spider-Man. So they beefed up Bozeman's role. And then when they could use Spider-Man, they're like, there's a lot of get Black Panther content, so they kept it in. I'm glad that I didn't put either of those two in because those were both on my original list and then i didn't put them in i was like nah <laughs> he'll probably have something like that there you go i have good ones then uh, but it I'm is still- funny because we almost missed out on a lot of the stuff you and me talked about were black panther related things that we probably wouldn't have got if sony wasn't being annoying 
Yeah, honestly, this is like I, I was thinking this during the movie. Sometimes you forget how important and how big Spider-Man and Black Panther are in this movie because the first half of this movie, they're not really like you know. Yeah. You, you see T'Challa, but not really Black Panther. But they like a really, really important part of this movie in in making it good, especially. Um, but there's of course a lot of comic inspired comic inspired shots like Captain America and Iron Man fighting, but then uh, mm. Ant Man chilling on Hawkeye's arrow. That was a classic one. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, this is the introduction of Falcon's drone Red Wing, which in the comics yeah. was an actual bird. Glad they didn't bird. use that. That'd be weird. Which, yeah, I, I really, that's one of those things where you do certain changes from the comics and you're like, why would you change that? And then other ones, you're like, that makes sense. Yeah. This is I really don't do think, yep, I don't think I would have liked it at all if it was a real hawk. Yeah. <laughs> or Falcon, that, sorry, Falcon. Uh, Ant-Man can control the ants. That's a... Uh, that's a little weird too, but that movie was goofy enough where they kind of got away with it. Yeah, it works. You it wouldn't. Do I don't much. think it would have worked in Civil War, but it worked in the, his own movie. Yeah, and he—I don't think he's used that in any other movie besides Ant Man and then Ant Man of the Wasp. Anything outside of his own movies? Yeah. Director Joe Russo—he pops in as the psychiatrist that Zemo kills. And then of course, I said this earlier, but the reference to Arrested Development, the airport stair car. That's a good one because I didn't even notice that one. Yeah. That's uh yeah that's it's like a good the one. first shot I think of the airport you see it. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I'm gonna go back like when we're done. I'm gonna go onto Disney Plus and rewind it and watch it. Um, what else? What else you got? Is that it? That's it. Okay, so um, the I thought was funny was Sebastian Stan sent uh, Robert Downey Jr. a video like the day before they were shooting, um, where he had like a iron man head in the background and he was like doing curls and said something like looking forward to shooting tomorrow robert or some like some kind of smart mouth thing yeah. i thought that was funny i just like when they mess with each other as shy of jared leto stuff i like when the actors mess with each other uh yeah he went a little far he's he's next level man i would be like we're not we're not filming together dude because i'm gonna fight you for real uh, and he's skinny so i wouldn't even care send me that kind of crap in the mail you freak um anyway uh tom holland's the youngest actor to play spidey which i think probably everybody knows if they're thinking about that he was only 19 toby mcguire was like 45 uh i'm pretty sure and and andrew garfield was in his 20s but like they were all much older than a high school kid he was yeah. the first one who actually was like recently in high school um then uh Kevin Feige is actually the one who suggested the Civil War adaptation. Originally, Captain America 3 was going a different direction. Um, and then he came in and said that they should adapt the comics for, or adapt from Civil War story. So there's just a little, another little egg in the basket for Feige always having good ideas, apparently. I don't know. I'm sure he's had bad ones, so I just don't know what they are. And then uh, this one I thought was cool was the release of the movie lined up with the 75th anniversary of cap the 10th anniversary of the civil war comic and the 50th anniversary of black panthers so um, kind of big little trifecta there and that's pretty much that's it yeah that's it that's cool actually though you said uh toby mcguire was like 40 or whatever obviously you were joking but he was right. younger than andrew garfield yeah he wasn't there. he was only in his early 20s wasn't he's, he? He he's wasn't 27 Oh, late twenties. Yeah, and then Andrew Garfield's twenty-eight. I just looked it up. They both, uh, they both have young faces to begin with, uh, like going into it already. Yeah, but they but, they look like. I mean, obviously, every 
high school movie you see most of the people are 25 right oh yeah and so they all like look like they could be in high school but uh tom holland's the only one that like you know is could have actually age, been right? in high school yeah yeah <laughs> um could have been in high school without it, it being weird yeah <laughs> without it being weird all right uh big questions can you skip it in your mcu rewatch no no yeah no absolutely not this is like one of the what like five movies that you have to have to watch yeah i feel like there's probably probably five but less than 10 i would assume that are like you have to watch but i haven't put too deep a thought into it yeah there's like different levels of it where there's some you can like kind of some you can definitely skip some that don't really matter all that much some that you can kind of justify skipping yeah and there's ones like this where like if you miss it then what's the point of watching the mcu right right? exactly well like if some of them like if you watch this movie you can skip that movie but if you're not going to watch this movie you have to watch that movie like some of that but i feel like this one is for no matter what you have to watch it yeah there's like no like you said like what's the point are you just do you just want to watch endgame then why are you watching (laughs) this if you (laughs) yeah yeah uh so that was a quick one but where does it rank we've got four levels pantheon awesome dig it and skippable skippable doesn't mean that you can skip it it just means that it sucks but um (laughs) where do you have it on the four Uh, i I put it in pantheon i figure if it's a must watch i can't rank it lower than that plus i i feel like i could watch it kind of repeatedly um it's not as fun as thor ragnarok right it's not silly um but it's good and i feel like i could well i remember when it came out on netflix before disney plus was a thing it was on netflix for a little while and i watched it in the background and then i sat down and watched it and it was like or i was watching different chunks of it because it's just like also good so i was just excited to keep watching it over and over and i still like watching it and i know i'm gonna go back and rewind to look for the blue stair truck and i'll probably wind up accidentally watching another 40 minutes of it yeah so yeah that's that to me aside from being very rewatchable it's super important in the mcu whole thing so pantheon for me yeah i don't like again i've got a lot of biases toward this movie like it could just never be as you know grand on a grand scale as the comic and right but it's it's like cinematically it's one of the most well-made movies again it is super important the fight scenes are awesome and like top to bottom really fun so objectively it's got to be the pantheon right there's like no yeah. way you can leave this one out so i've got it, um, it in in the pantheon right now number one i've still got avengers then iron man guardians of the galaxy winter soldier then i have captain america civil war right after winter soldier yep so actually i've got three captain americas in a row so the my lowest two of the pantheon is captain america winter soldier and then civil war and the highest the awesome ranking is captain america the first avenger that makes sense to me, actually. Yeah, and and I would, I would have Winter Soldier in the Pantheon too. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I actually might rewatch that later. Yeah, I don't know what one. Courtney's doing. I don't know what my wife's doing, but we'll we'll figure that out. Uh, and then going down from there, we've got uh, Age of Ultron, also an awesome. And then in Dig It, Iron Man Three, Ant Man, Thor, Skippable, Iron Man Two, The Dark World, and The Incredible Hulk, which I believe is probably staying at the bottom. Yeah, probably. Thanks again, guys, for checking out the Wrong Opinion MCU Rewatch. We'll be back next week talking about Doctor Strange with B.J. Clark. As always, check out my writing at S-T-Artfacts. That's S-T-A-R-T-E-Facts.com. 
check out Ricky talking about comics, a lot of indie stuff on the weekly polls and the Wednesday polls. Peace out.